Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boys out here, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be alright. Join the conversation. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So let's get started. All righty. Hey, what's up, y'all? What's going on? What's your tea, honey? So what have y'all been go- doing this past week? I've been gone. What has been going on in y'all life? Um, <laughs> I would say having amazing sex. <gasps> yes, God. When I tell you amazing, ooh. oh, <laughs> <laughs> because listen, oh, I, I will open up the bag then, darling. Okay, so <laughs> I was gonna see if you was gonna say it first, but you know, you know we're open. Um, <laughs> listen, this whole okay, so I guess we needed this break during his surgery because we couldn't have sex, and um, like. Missionary is too. Mission. Okay, in order for us to have sex, we would have to do missionary, and that's too much work for me. Okay, I'm feminine. Oh, uh, so- you are lazy. You are lazy. <laughs> You're a pillow princess. I, I am a pillow princess. You are a pillow princess. If we can do it while I'm standing up off the bed, I don't want to do it. It's too much work. Oh no! <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. We didn't have to give about that. Oh. I've, been, I've been more comfortable. Like she's been doing self care. Well, that's not what I was getting But go ahead. Well, she's been doing self care, and she's been more comfortable with herself. After I got surgery, I just been way more comfortable with myself. So like adding Words, this titty's gone free. Yeah. <laughs> After that, it's just been like comfortability in the air. Like, yeah. It really has a lot, like a big change in like um like us being vocal during sex. Cause before <laughs> we weren't. We weren't as vocal. Now, ooh, yes, guy, talk to me. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. 
But I need to know that. We're having a good time, darling. Communicate with me. So, um, but yeah, because he be about to squirt, and like I don't know that he's about to squirt, and I be over it. When you, I be like, oh, okay, we're done, and you be like, oh well. After and this be afterwards, you be I be like, so why you didn't squirt? And you be like, well, I was about to. Well, why the fuck you didn't say nothing? Because we could have kept going. That's my thing. I like all of that. So. Wow. <laughs> I, I thought we were going to start the show with something that I could comment I on. Either, but, you know. Know. Well, I, well, I started it, but yeah, I will say I started it. I you started did. You opened up the bag, and that's fine. You know, I'm going to keep it up. Listen, and so, like, I think really on my ha- Can I finish, babe? Just let me finish. I was about to say, anybody had flips. What's me? Like, at first, I was the one that was giving all these crazy details. Well, not crazy details. I was giving all these details. And he was like, oh, no. Now it flipped, and I'm like, oh, no. Well, you know, <laughs> Marcia, y'all know I'm a Southern Dale. So I try to be modest and polite. But then when you open up the door, baby, the door is open. So, uh-huh. but no, like, we haven't been able to have sex in, like, how long? It was, like, two weeks, right? Mm, like three, three weeks. That was a long time for me. So, like, when we was able to get back to it, it's been amazing. Oh, well, I haven't been having amazing sex. I have <laughs> been. I have been on amazing trips. I just came back from Palm Springs. Me and a couple of. Not a couple, but like four. It was a total of four of us. Um, rented like a R&B. Uh, not R&B. <laughs> a Airbnb. <laughs> I said R&B. A Airbnb. And we were able to rest. And if you can see, well, the patrons will be able to see on um, camera. I am super tan. Skin is looking love and bronzy. I live for it. We just had an amazing time um, just chilling in the pool, just us, because, you know, California is closed. We didn't go anywhere. We didn't want to go anywhere. And because all of us had been, you know, cleared of the COVID shit, we was like, let's just go out here and stay in the house, go to the grocery store when we first get there, and we all going to cook. <laughs> and that's what we did. We all spent a day to cook and like literally like set the table and sat and prayed. I don't really do the Christian thing, but they more like Christians. And so, you know, we prayed. I still pray. You know, that's cute. Um, <laughs> you know, and we listened to music. We, we literally, like two or three of the days, we literally was in the pool from the, when we woke up all the way until like it, the sun went down or even past that time and we're just in the pool, just laughing and singing and joking and swimming and teaching some people who didn't know how to swim, how to swim. <laughs> just, just, it just was a, such a relaxing and bonding experience with, you know, me and the girls and just kicking in. And it just was amazing. And the house was, ooh, ooh. 
the house is like, oh my God, it was, I, you know, I'm, I'm poor. So <laughs> I, some of these things I just, you know, I just haven't had access to. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, I mean, like a saltwater pool, like a jacuzzi, and like just pianos in the master bedroom, and pianos in the den, and like fucking two dishwashers, <laughs> and like an island in the middle of the. It just was like, oh that's my god! It was a it's a three point seven million dollar home. See, that's what my best friend is about to do. She's about to rent a mansion for her birthday mm -hmm. um, next month for everybody to come over. I'm so excited. You making me even more excited. Yes. And so, I, you know, we were, you know, because, because of COVID, you can't just do parties and big deals. But because it was just four of us and we had already been through the COVID testing and da-da-da-da-da, we good. We went ahead and just, you know, risk it all. We about to go to Palm Springs. <laughs> and so it was, it was definitely worth it. We all had a great time. Even though nobody but us was seeing our bathing suits, we were still complimenting <laughs> each other. Oh, bitch, I made this in Sydney. <laughs> we was literally getting up, getting dressed in the our, our honey, our finest, <laughs> just to go out to the pool. <laughs> yes. That kind of stuff. So we were having a really, really, really great time. I did my live show. If, if you follow me on YouTube, you know I do a live show every week on Friday at 7 p.m. So I still did my live show. We were able to converse about that and um, all the stuff that's going on. So, yeah, it was an amazing trip. I feel good. I can't say that it was rejuvenating because the bitch is still tired. But because, that's because I'm fat and was in the pool <laughs> a lot. So it felt like I was working out every day. <laughs> So I'm still like, oh, I'm still kind of tired, but no, 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 no. I, it was definitely relaxing, and, um, you know, I would definitely do it again. So that's what I did all week. Well, your skin looks lovely. Thank you. You're looking Thank like an island goddess. Yes. You're to Houston's own MP Trans 101. Oh, now listen, I know that what is basic Trans 101 for me could just be the beginning for you. So this is for your basic ass. basic for me in this life could be just the beginning for you. What's up? So I have my Google set up to sound like Issa Rae. So don't be surprised that you hear <laughs> Issa Rae because I'm rooting for everybody black and I want to hear everybody black. Uh -huh. So yeah. Uh. So, hey, Google, what's the definition of down low? Here's a summary from Wikipedia. Down low is an African-American slang term that typically refers to a subculture of black men who usually identify as heterosexual, but who have sex with men. Some avoid sharing this information even if they have female sexual partner, they are married. And sometimes they're single, so she couldn't read the rest of it. <laughs> Thank you, Issa. So on this episode, we mentioned down low men a lot. And so I wanted to explain what down low means to people who may not know 
the trends 101, like the bottom of the barrel 101. <laughs> so, yes, we're going to talk about down low. Now, this type of man is not unique to the black community, but calling them down low, DL, is unique to the black community. It originated with us, mm, you know, like everything else. <laughs> But yes, there was a time, long, long, long time ago, maybe like 10 years, maybe even yesterday for some, where we didn't understand in our culture that there's a difference between a trans woman and a gay man. Yeah, the good old days where Flame Monroe and people like her still live in their brains. So we lumped everybody together. So if you mess with a dude, and you're a dude, <laughs> clearly you're gay. And if you mess with a trans woman, nigga, you still gay. <laughs> that was, you know, very 90s. <laughs> but now in 2020, we know that labels don't work because they don't make room for the nuances of our experiences, right? One can only hope that we know that. Way back in 2004, the DL term went to new cultural heights because of author J.L. King. He is the author of the book called On the Down Low, A Journey into the Lives of Straight Black Men Who Sleep with Men. <laughs> OMG, this was so controversial. He was on Oprah. He was on every dang on show that could be showed talking about the DL lifestyle. But remember, culturally, this was a time only not even 10 years after medications finally came out that were good enough to put a rein on the HIV AIDS epidemic from the late 80s, early 90s. So at the time of the release of this book, you got to remember that people were still having in their minds that HIV and AIDS was predominantly a gay thing. That's for them gay people. But something started to happen. Heterosexual black women started to be the demographic that dominated the new cases of HIV. So they're looking at these new cases and they're like, oh, what's going on with the Negroes? What's what? And, you know, this is going along with the narrative that black women are sexually promiscuous having all these babies, being welfare queens, you know, so <laughs> it's only a matter of time that they just dismiss it too. That's their culture. You know, they love to have sex like animals, you know, like when we used to breed them in slavery. They love all that. They love all that, honey. They like that. And so sometimes they get the nasty women's diseases. So they were scrambling, looking for a reason why these new cases are predominantly black women. Because, of course, it wasn't the racial barriers in medical care and the lack of education, sexual education in our school systems. It was none of that. It had to be the men. The down low gay men who were sleeping secretly with men, but also sleeping with women without them knowing and oh my god so when he came out with that book it just skyrocketed <laughs> bestseller list for 30 weeks it was controversial it was salacious it was 
provocative taboo. And the culture ate it up. This was blowing the lid off a secret life of men that people somehow didn't believe existed. Masculine gay men that you can't tell are gay because they don't fit the stereotype of what you think a gay man is, which typically is flamboyant, colorful, feminine, and so on. But these were the men that you just couldn't tell. So they were angry about the dishonesty. They were shocked at how they could even possibly be involved with a down low man. They were appalled by the idea that these men had the audacity to still label themselves as straight. So now, almost 20 years later, the context of the meaning of DL, down low, has expanded. It is not gendered. It's not just black men. Black women can be down low. Trans folks can be down low. Gay men can be down low. Anybody who is not openly sharing their sexuality. Just a few examples. If you're a gay man who has been gay all your life, only having sex with men, and in your 30s you started to explore having sex with women, but you keep it a secret because you are ashamed to tell your gay friends that you had some pussy. Your DL. If I'm a trans man and I'm going around sleeping with gay men or trans women, but I don't want people to know... So I keep it under wraps because I don't want them to think that I'm gay. That's a DL trans man. If you're a masculine presenting stud and you are messing around with other masculine presenting studs, but keeping it a secret because for some reason that's gay. And there's some shame around when you messing around with another bull dagger. You're DL, baby. You're on the down low. If you are a white woman and you are fucking black men getting a taste of the BBC and there is shame and secrecy around it and you're not telling anybody, you're DL and you're racist, but you're DL. If you are a straight woman who has sex with lesbians and you don't tell people or want people to know that you're having sex with lesbians all because I don't want people in my business. You know, are you one of those people? Well, I'm discreet. Well, I'm real private. I think everybody should respect everybody's privacy. While all of that is true, darling, you are still DL down low. Most people are down low because they don't want to deal with the stigma that comes with being a queer person and having queer sex and the judgment from the people outside of the community. And they don't want to have to deal with the consequences that come from that judgment because those consequences can be really real and really shady and really fucked up. But through the work of openly queer people, although that work is sometimes painful, we are normalizing queer sex. We are normalizing queer people existing in our culture so that you DL people can be free to be yourselves. We might not have gotten there just yet, but we're getting there. And that's Trans 101. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. <laughs> so thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. People have been talking about, well, our people, trans folks, have been talking about boycotting DL men, right? <laughs> like some people been here for it. The majority of people been here for it. Some people are not here for it. I understand where the girl, how the girls feel as far as boycotting DL men, like, because they use our... Like I had a boy, I have, I have a client. Well, yeah, I have a client. I had, I had or have. Mm. It's an entanglement. Yeah. And I have a client, client. And um, he like, he battles with seeing trans women and his religion. So, like, during our sessions, he would, like, stop and out of nowhere start talking about how he's not supposed to be doing this and he's going to go to hell. And I would talk him through it and talk him through, like, like almost like a fucking therapist. And he hit me up and was like, let me see exactly what he said so I can read it word for word so you can get where I'm, where I'm coming from. So he said, like, he always, I've never, I never always ignore him. So he said, um, I'm down and out, lost and lonely. I'm single and I'm hurting and was hoping you could talk, uh, you could talk and maybe give what you gave me before. And I said, I hope you find, I hope you find joy in a time where you have none. Go to God. My, my black trans body will no longer be used for therapy. I wish you well. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm sorry for how things went out this time, but now I'm in a place I think about about that time a lot and remember that feeling you gave me. I, I was I was shallow and scared of what I liked. I didn't mean to use you for therapy. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And so I I also had um Is he talking about a time when y'all had sex or like a time when y'all talked? I, I didn't have the, the, I really didn't have the patience to see which one it is because this conversation could go and go and go. So, no, 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 no. And no, it's no. probably both. <laughs> it, it probably is. The, the, it sounds like it's both. So, um, okay. And most likely it is both because he uses my body. He uses my body and my voice during. He, he just uses me in general for his therapy and then he gets his therapy and he goes back into the straight world and, and fucks and, and says fuck you, fuck you to trans people doesn't acknowledge us in public and, and lives his cis heteronormative life 
So I got a D. I got a DM on my nasty Twitter. Not my nasty Twitter. On my adult <laughs> Twitter, and um, it said, um, "Hey, love, big confused fan. Can you help me out? If been if I've been straight since forever until I saw you." I'm not attracted to other dudes that are dudes, but I am to you. Am I bi or question mark? So I respond, you just told me you were straight, so that's what you are. Nobody can tell you how to identify. Then I thought about it, and I responded again. I said, however, because you're, you're questioning your attraction for me, you must not see me as a woman since you identify as straight. So you have to do the work within yourself to figure out who you are in, in capital letters. And I know I'm a woman no matter what anybody says. And he says, yes, you are, trust trust me, you are, but a woman with a little extra, some. Listen, I'm sorry if I worded it wrong. Yeah. I wasn't trying to be negative in a way. I'm sorry if I offended you. I'm just going to go and die now. What? And but see, but because DL men don't have, they don't have people in their circle that they can confide in and that they can talk to about these issues because they live in this box with other people who are in the same box who say you are supposed to stay in that box and they don't have anybody they can talk to this about. But however, I also, now that I'm getting older, I don't feel like I'm the one who has to do the work to help you through that. Because no matter what I do, if you don't do the work to within yourself to find out who you are and how you identify and all these things, then you're gonna forever be lost. No matter what I say, no matter what happens, no matter what what type of healing you think you're gonna get from having sex with me or what journey or you think you're on, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like on a fence where like I, I have empathy. I'm empathetic to their plight. But then again, I'm also like, girl, fuck y'all. Because when y'all do fuck with us, y'all be sending me like I literally have 10,000 fans on my adult Twitter. And most of them are black men. I reached out to three, four to five niggas. To, to, to create a panel with, uh, I think his name is Lex, Lexon. He's a, um, um, uh, I don't, he's a, a black cis man who advocates for trans women. And I felt like I could use my privilege as a woman, as a trans woman, to try to get men for him and thinking that because it's a man that this is, is doing the work, that you would be like, oh, okay. I, you know, I'm gonna listen to a man versus a woman, but it was like pulling fucking teeth out. It was it was niggas I did podcasts with that said, "Oh, well, um, I'm busy." So I was like, "Okay, well, you got another cis man on your your panel that you know he's very educated. He's a he's a therapist. Oh no, I don't think he's comfortable with that." But but I reach out to him. No, don't reach out to him. You good. Don't reach out to them. You, you straight. That's good. Then I then I talk to some other people. Then this this nigga that I'm trying to get do the uh, to do the panel. He's sitting here trying to manipulate me in some like like oh I I just want to know about trans women and um 
I just want to, like, you know that game that Chase is playing? Like, this is all new to me, and I'm trying to learn shit, but I'm really trying to get at you on some slick shit? Bitch, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an older girl. You can try that shit on them young bitches. I know the game. So, I'm, I was like, okay, well, reach out to what's the name? Oh, oh, well, I'm busy right now. I'm at work. But you sending me text messages so asking me how to how to what how to get closer to the trans woman if that's something that you want to date and blah, blah 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 blah. But you don't got the time to reach out to this nigga. Block. Where your friends at? Yeah, and then he asked me friend. where his my friends are, and then I go to Jessica and he underneath her Twitter, underneath her Instagram page talking about um I ain't gonna I'm just. Whew, Jesus, I'm kind of like done with the nick, like all of them at this point. I think, so first of all, this is not- I'm not done with them because I want them to do the work. Like I know that there are, are cis men allies. I don't want y'all to think that we bashing y'all because I know it's some of y'all that's putting y'all life on, uh, y'all black. Why are you looking like that? I'm just, I'm just saying that there are some black cis men who are allies who are taking that ammunition as being one of our allies. I do want to give them credit but it's very few. That's nice. So that's nice for you to do. I get, you know, I get what you're saying. Give the ones that's doing it credit, but it's not enough for me to give them shit. <laughs> like it's it, for me, it's like I'm not giving you credit for seeing my humanity and me and talking about it publicly. That's the no. bare minimum. So that bare. don't impress me. So this, like, consciously and um, these other cis men, the motherfuckers, are sending me. I'm okay. I like. I'm. I'm happy for them. Like, oh my god, you're really talking about it. Yes, like you're regurgitating the shit that we've been saying out of it. And now people are gla not glamorizing. That's not the word. But people are looking at what you're saying, even though we've been saying it for years. Now, because you're a cis man, it's like, oh my god, look at this okay. person. Okay, we can listen <laughs> to you because you're a man. It, because it's abnormal so yes I'm like yes finally somebody is getting on board cool I'm cool with that like I, I appreciate it like yes go with it but I'm not about to give you it I, when I say credit y'all I want you to do more like I'm like honey what what organizing work are you doing instead of just saying it like I want to know what you're doing that's actually you know what's more so it's not that I don't hate it or I want them to be like um um Oh man, man, they don't even appreciate. No, I don't appreciate you. We out here getting murdered. I don't appreciate basic shit. You got me fucked up. I'm not appreciating basic shit. So thanks. Kudos. If, if you're talking about something right, I'm going to share. Because to me, when I see these niggas, I don't see them doing that shit in the spaces of niggas. Like no. you can do it. Like you get what I'm saying? Like if some of these dudes, they'll be preaching the right thing. And I think you was talking about. um. I think he was talking about Lex. You know, like on their platform, they they pre they preaching the right shit, but then they go on these platforms with these basic ass, uh, uh, fucking chaser ass niggas that are anti black, and then they don't call them out on their anti blackness, or they don't call them out on their transphobia. They just let them keep going and talking and talking and talking. So if you're not doing it in the spaces where there's the most resistance, I can't fuck with you. I'm I'm not. It's not. Mm, that's not the right word. I can fuck with you, but I'm not about to be like. It doesn't move you. Yeah, it doesn't move me. It's like, you not, yeah, you just saying this shit. That's cool. You regurgitating shit. Basically what we fucking taught you to say. 
<laughs> I mean, in the conversation that just I know you don't have with trans women and we leading you in the right direction. So cool. You know, that's great. But also, this I don't I wanna say this ain't really unique to us. There's a you there's a unique nuance to it when it comes to trans women, but niggas been using people using women folk for sex therapy, for therapy forever. Whether it but be sex of course were before. Before we before they demonized us, that's what they were. They were used as therapists for like high end men and like in, in like uh temples and and stuff. You're right. We've th that's been going on, and we've always been the one who had to rub and emotionally support and blah 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 in the midst of men traumatizing them, in the midst of the status quo of manhood traumatizing them, in the midst of you know all these rules and boxes as you said that causes the trauma, that causes you not to be able to be free to express yourself sexually, physically, um, you know, in a healthy emotionally. way. Emotionally, you can't express yourself in any kind of way, so you come to us and we have to unpack all this shit with you. And sometimes that come with harm from us, <laughs> to us. To us, yeah. Sometimes that come with harm, sometimes that comes with, um, being exhausted with dealing with you. Maybe it not come with any violence or any kind of harm like that, but I'm just exhausted. Like the transfer of energy. Yes. And then when I come to you with my shit, it's like, oh, I ain't got no time. Or, ooh, yeah, well, I, like, I, don't, I don't have the capacity to deal with this. But we literally are, ha are figuring out the capacity to help you in your situation. Exactly. And having to deal with being silenced on our shit, but having to be the pillar. Like when we think about um, um, Coretta Scott King and Martin Luther King with the, with the adultery shit, like I still gotta be in this space and handle you when you are feeling broken because of white supremacy, because of how this, this, this society is in regards to that. But also I gotta deal with that because I know that's important because I'm a black woman, but I also got to deal with you fucking cheating and sleeping with people. And now these motherfuckers recording you and sending it to me. <laughs> and I got to deal with that and your dishonesty in that and still hold you up and be a motherfucking pillar to you. And I see myself in that. I saw myself in that kind of experience, not on to that level, not to that level, but you know what I'm saying? We, we all, yeah, we always have to, um, just be there and deal with the shit while you ignore our shit. I don't like that shit. But if I'm to give my opinion on the whole boycott DL men, I'm not for sure how effective, how effective that would be. I'm just really not for sure. I am toxic niggas, like niggas who are toxic to you. Yes, stop fucking with them. Like niggas who are toxic, the but to me the act of being DL is not necessarily toxic to me, harmful to me. Now somebody else could think differently. It's their way of protecting themselves. In the same way that when I don't tell my T in a situation, when I don't tell my T at work, when I'm not telling my T for safety. It is, bottom line, the same thing that they are doing 
different contexts, da 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 da, da but the same thing that they are doing is to keep them safe. We can't sit here and pretend like they don't go through, uh, like their shit isn't like that. What they worked hard for, their name, their reputation. We can't say that we haven't seen examples of men who decided that they wanted to be themselves and they've been torn down because of it. Mm -hmm. The society changed. Yes. The society said that this is not what a man is supposed to be and all this credibility that you have is being taken away because you don't fit this mold of what a man is supposed to be. We've seen it in celebrities. We've seen it in um, NFL. We've, we've seen it across the board from your regular hood star niggas. Even it's, when we talk about the Jill Scott um, First Wife Club, they canceled that show once um, Oh Boy came out as trans attractive. You know, uh, Malik Yoba. Um, and it's not, that's not the only one. I've seen people fired. We, I, I know friends that have been fired. Once they come out, they bring their... Um, their trans girlfriend to a corporate meeting. Um, they're openly dating trans. And then there's been situations where they're being getting fired. So I won't say it's on the same exact level as us because we are trans women. They are not. They're just in, in, in dating situation with us. But it's still on the bottom line. They're doing it to protect something. Now... I think, well, wait, hold on, Diamond. Because I, I want to talk about that. I think like there are levels to it. Depending on like the type of nigga, like they're like if you're a hood nigga and you fuck with them toxic ass niggas that be saying, Oh, don't bring that gay shit around me, eh? Uh you y'all keep that shit over there. Do you deal with niggas who be like, Oh, I can't do it. If I find out I'm gonna kill you type shit, that is that toxic? There are men who literally might be killed because there are people in their circle that don't fuck with the LBGT community in that way. But then there are some men who can, uh, that have that kind of privilege where they can have some wiggle room to kind of like just chill and like try to rebuild themselves. But some people don't have that leverage. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's levels to it. So, and I think the bottom line of the situation is fear. It is, they both are down low or stealth because of the fear and the stigma that comes around with being trans or being in proximity to trans folks. So for me, I would, for myself, I'm not talking about somebody else. I'm talking about for me. It would be hypocritical for me to just boycott DL niggas just because they're just because of being DL. Because I feel like my, my stealthness is, the same, when I'm stealth in a situation, I'm doing it for the same reason that they're being DL. Now, if they're toxic, if they are doing things, if you, like your homeboy, like if you coming in my space and you creating harm and trauma and shame, just because you dealing with harm and trauma and shame with being DL, you are a toxic motherfucker. Get the fuck out of my face. I'm not dealing with you on that level. Are you a client? I'm not, yeah, the one you just are talking okay. about. Not just and not just client, just on any level. So me, there's dudes that I fuck with, been fucking with for years, but I have stopped fucking with because in my mind, I'm like, you, you however this shit you got going on is actually kind of dismissive or it's kind of harmful or it's kind of um, gaslighting or sending me mixed signals. It's, it's all this weird ass toxic shit that I don't like. You ghosting. You, all the things that come with DL niggas, you doing that type of stuff, there are some DL niggas that don't give me those kind of problems. 
Yes, they're DL, but they're not, there's no miscommunication. There's no, to me, there's no harm being done. Like they don't treat me any kind of way that would make me feel like this is harm. But there are some niggas that it does cause harm. It does cause um, emotional distress. It causes some things that are that are toxic. And so them niggas, yes, I'm not fucking with you. I'm not fucking with you because you are causing me problems in my emotional state. You are causing me problems in my life. You are just being super fucking dramatic, just creating problems that should not be in a relationship, especially if I'm fucking you. Like it should not be this 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 hard. And so but if you a download nigga, just being download doesn't make me doesn't make you the problem for me. And it will be hypocritical for a person who plays in and out of stealthness myself, in and out of when select to selectively talk about my transness or selectively be open about my transness, not necessarily hiding it, but being strategic about when I tell people, if if I'm doing that, I don't see that as much different as somebody who is openly dating trans women, but only telling a select few people who they deal with. They still be, could be considered down low, but I'm selectively talking about it to who I want to out of safety to not lose things that I care about, to not lose opportunities that I care about. So I would think it was hypocritical for me to be able to do that and call for this boycott <laughs> when I have this kind of politic as well. So it, 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 it doesn't work for me. I get why people are saying it, but it just doesn't work for me because it seems like it's hypocritical. And if we're going to boycott DL people, we will have to boycott DL. Um, we will have to boycott stealth trans people too. Well, I think it's different. So explain it because some people are going to agree with you, Z. So explain why you think it's different. Okay. The difference is stealth people aren't the ones causing harm to other trans people the or just another demographic for the most part. I think their stealthness, they experience more violence. When it comes to DL men, this demographic is specifically the biggest demographic to harm y'all. Because when, when we look at the cases, yes, we know of women getting killed. We know they're dealing with you guys intimately, but you kind of have to find that like word of mouth and piece things together. So I think the DL culture is what people are are giving that, you know, giving that, that kickback to. But I, I do think, you know, there's a difference in stealthness and DLness. And I, I and I and it's interesting because I look at the irony of the guys suffering from the very systems they created and uphold. So I don't feel sorry for them when it comes to them being DL, because you could easily try to reverse those systems and I'm tired of seeing women feeling like they have to do the work. I feel like it's up to the men to do that work and do that labor. And when Mia was saying how she was trying to find all these men and not getting paid for it, I'm like, no, <laughs> like you need to be getting paid for that. You need to like, y'all are always doing the labor. You need to let him figure that out. He's not going to give you no money. Like y'all need to do that labor. That's up to y'all. That's just how I feel about it. I don't ever feel sorry for no DL person because I'm out here openly loving trans women. Yes, I've had my trash moments in the past where, you know, I would distance myself away from me. But you have been shamed yeah, too. Exactly. And I and I went Your through Your own that. grandmother told you you 
can't come over to her house with me. Yeah, like those those issues I deal with, and I decided, you know what, fuck y'all. If she can't come, like I'm actively doing the work to better understand black trans women, and I don't expect anybody to give me no pat on the back. You know what I'm saying? Which they don't. And like you were saying, the the one guy that's going viral, you know, we've been saying the same stuff for years and people that love trans women have been saying this stuff for years. So I think because the illness has a violence attached to it that is very common is why people are like, you know what, I'm not going to deal with that. I, your, the way you treat me is leading to violence. And I feel like if you want to deal with a DL person, that's up to you and that's fine. And, you know, and if you don't, that's fine, too. That's how I feel about it. But, Z, in that situation, when you were problematic about being, you know, open about me as transness or getting clocked, if she would have boycotted you, y'all wouldn't be where y'all at right now. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? You, there's <laughs> something that you had to do to work through that. If she would have said, oh, no, he's a download nigga. I'm not fucking with him. He's, he's walking away from me at Walmart, so fuck it. He's a download nigga. Boycott him. Boom. And the difference is, I decided to do the labor. I didn't put that labor on her. Oh, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's I know true. You yeah he did but the yeah, work. I, I did that labor, and that's what makes a difference. I'll feel sorry for these niggas. I'll only feel sorry if they start doing the labor and working through that and then getting that kickback and that pushback and fighting through it. That's when I'll be like, damn. You know, that's when I'll advocate for them. But I don't feel sorry for them. And so I'm let me talk about the violence. And I want to keep it real. And this is, you know, there hasn't been a lot of studies around this, but basically what I see, everybody that's murdering us is not necessarily um, on the down low. No. Uh So, so that's number one. Um, Sometimes it's people who are not even in relationships or they're in relationships. The thing about that for me is the majority of down low niggas that I encounter in my life, the majority are not violent against me they're just trying to sexually objectify me they're not they're not attacking me and blah 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 blah. the majority of them are not doing that the majority of dl niggas are just trying to fuck with me that's been my experience too they're not now you have random situations with people like the ones where the the, uh, trey tried to twirl you then afterwards try to have you but that only happened to me once (laughs) <laughs> do you see what I'm saying that is not the majority of down low niggas I don't believe that the majority of down low niggas are violent right I just I, don't I violent and I was on the DL for a minute so that, <laughs> and, and so I just don't are they toxic hell yeah hell yeah I've had some situations where they're toxic they ghost you they do this like emotional shit that they do but as far as yeah. violence that's not the majority of men I, that's for me in my experience. So I don't know how effective boycotting DL niggas. I think that yes, if you got some nigga in your life that is causing you emotional distress, keep playing in and out of games with you, uh, keep lying and selling you a dream, selling you the moon and stars just to keep access to your body. If you got a nigga in your life and then ghost you after you give him some ads and then ghost you for months and come back, oh, I miss you, or they trying to get you to be their therapist, they're trying to get you to do all this kind of stuff, this kind of emotional labor, yes, boycott the motherfucking niggas, get them out of the way. But I don't think being DL necessarily automatically means that they're doing harm to you. And so, 
or they're not being honest to you or they're not, you know, cause I've been in relationships with DL niggas who don't treat me any kind of negative way. They take me out in public, da, da, da. but they don't tell their mama. <laughs> they don't mm-hmm. tell, they don't go to their work saying, Oh, I date trans women. They don't do all of that. Cause it's unnecessary for me. I don't really care what you tell your mama. If we're not getting married or we're not, you know, relationship relationship like you know what i'm saying long-term relationship we're just dating i don't need for me i don't need all of that as long as you're not causing me harm i think i still can fuck with you and it be a safe healthy situation in the same way go ahead i think well that's interesting because now i'm thinking of the actual language like if they're straight and y'all are women is it really dl like because i don't Like, are they going around saying, you know, hey, I date a cis woman. I date cis women. Like, are they? Yeah, they are. They are. Oh, you, they are. Oh, oh, I I knocked this one girl down. Like, oh, you not hit that? They have these these misogynistic conversations about cis women. Like, are they saying, mom, my girlfriend is a cis woman? Like, are they? No, it's, it's automatically assumed if you fit in this box. So is it a, do I just, do they have to just say it? Like, do they always have to say, I'm dating trans women? Like, it just feels, it, it feels weird for me. Like, I don't, I, I don't need well, I need you to say it. I'm like, I'm the, I'm the, see, I'm the type of girl that I, on, on Pride Month, bitch, we both better be wearing pink and blue and white. Um, yes, I do want you to hashtag my wife is a trans woman. <laughs> I do. I I want the visibility because the visibility isn't there, and and men need to see that. Oh, okay. See, there's two. That's, but that's how I feel, mother. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think if, if that's what you that's need, valid. you know, I tell people that I'm a trans woman that don't even know me. That's so, valid. like, that's valid. Yeah, I think that's valid, but it's yeah. just it's not. I don't think it works for me. Yeah, she like, me. I'm a, I'm a old, but when we talk about your jacket, trans women is lit. You ain't never gonna see me have a shirt or a jacket out in public saying trans women is lit. I'm not gonna do, that's not my type of, that's not how I maneuver the world. Yeah, that's not how I advocate. But you ain't never gonna have me, I'm never gonna be sitting on a bus and you reading a fucking trans woman in my face and I'm not going to say, bitch, I'm trans too. You got me fucked up. I'm that. That's my advocacy. That's how I'm going to do it. But I'm not that type of person that puts transness in a public sphere just on blast. Like, you know, do I got to. Mother, do you feel like that that targets you? What targets me? It does. To, to display your transness in, that, in this, this loud way. Do you feel like that puts a target on your back? It puts me, so yes, but I'm not scared about Target in that way. I'm, what it is, is most of the time when I'm going through the world, I am just trying to go to and from without any problems. I am trying to go get my groceries. I'm trying to go see a movie. I'm trying to, and I'm not, because these things are my self-care, my errands, blah, 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 I'm not trying to do trans activism today. So me getting on this bus, with a fucking shirt on that says, all black trans lives matter. I'm not trying to deal with that today. I'm a whole activist. This is what I do. Blah, 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 blah. Yes, that's great. I do this. So nobody should ever think that I'm scared about somebody knowing 
It's just sometimes I don't feel like that today. Dealing with that type of drama. I don't want to deal with it. There's been a trans man attacked in the store. There's a video. He's been attacked in the store for wearing something with trans on. He had a flag. He had a trans flag in his black pocket. He was mm-hmm. on his way to Pride. Yeah. Right. And so for me, so today I don't want to deal with that. When I'm on this bus, I'm just trying to get to where I'm going. When I'm on this train, I'm just trying to get to where I'm going. I'm not gonna. Should I be bothered because of that? No, you shouldn't bother me. But I know in the current world that we live in. Putting that stuff on display can put a target on your back. It can cause unnecessary shit that's going on. And so I don't want to do that. And so does that mean now if I'm the type of trans woman who says, I'm not hanging out with my trans girlfriend because I think she's clocked. And now I'm good. I don't want to drive the train with her because we're going to have to deal with people fucking with us because they're clocking. She's a trans then I'm toxic. Then I'm toxic and shady. Do you see what I'm saying? But if I'm saying, I'm not wearing this shit, come on, girl, let's get on the train and we deal with whatever we can deal with whenever. I'm not trying to toxically avoid you or cause you problems or lie to you, say, well, girl, we was going to go to the club, but now we not. Once she asked me, can she go too? And then she find out, uh, two weeks later in the pictures on Instagram that I went with me and my other passable girls and didn't take her because she's trans. Because Ooh. she's visibly trans. That's but the toxic. girls do do that. But the you girls, girls, and you're not about to tell me they, they don't do that. that. I was one of them yeah. girls. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I used to be one of them girls and it was toxic. I, didn't pull, I ain't gonna lie. I, there was, a, there was a, a drag queen that wanted to transition but she didn't want to transition but she looked good when she, she got up in her drag. And I used to avoid her because she, um, she wasn't passable and, um, she used to like cause a commotion and I wasn't ready for that. And her boldness, um, of being herself loud and proud and not giving a fuck what people thought I wasn't ready for that in my life. Yeah. And I, and so how dare us. How, and so to me, although that's not violent in the sense of physical violence. I was 19, by the way. Although that's not violence in the sense of physical violence, there are things that we do, plan the stealth card, plan that, that can lead to some harm to somebody's self-esteem. It can lead to some harm. It, uh, it upholds the pillar of cis-heteronormativity being the standard. It's, to me, that is a problem. That, that When you get to that level... That is a problem. That is toxic. And so for me, the level that, I am, that I'm on, I don't feel like I'm harming people. I, that, I consciously don't do that to people. But I also feel like I shouldn't, sometimes I don't want to deal with um, the issues that comes along with my proximity to transness. Sometimes I don't want to deal with that going to Kroger's. Sometimes it can be I alive. Yeah, you it could be extra. Yeah, you could be having a good day. The sun is out. The birds is chirping, bitch. You in a positive vibe. And then out of nowhere, some niggas roll up. Oh, that's a motherfucking nigga. Yeah, that's oh, a man. Uh, or, or a piece of... Or, or a sister. A, a sister. You call... Ooh, come on, mom. We'll say... We'll say... You know that's a man, right? While I'm fucking shopping. Look, like look, I don't, look. I, like you can tell. Look you at can that. tell. Look, look at her that. hands. Look at her look Adam's that. apple. Look at that. Listen Did to you? her voice. 
Do you do you see the way? Look at look at her torso. Oh, one time like I had I had one uh, manager of a of Walmart. There, I was going to McDonald's inside Walmart to get some fries. The manager seen that her son was looking at me who worked at Walmart. He was, I guess he was sweet on me. And you could tell he was sweet on me, but I was paying him the Come on, country girl. Sweet on me. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, country girl. Go ahead. (laughs) So you could tell he liked what he saw. And she politely walked over there and and noticed the note. She noticed what was going on and said, look, that's not not a woman. Look at her torso. Look at look at the stomach. You can tell. And I don't want to do that because that shit make me want to twirl your mama. <laughs> Listen, but I'm not that girl. I'm I'm I got her together. I, I went to management right right after she did it. I spoke to her. She she had to clear everything up, and I and I got her in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the owl. I'll get you. Fired, so baby. so so how dare? So in that context, how dare me? Look at some DL dude <laughs> and say, oh, I'm boycotting you because you're not playing that game, that, like, open game. I don't know. It's, it's, I feel like it's levels. Like, there, if, you're, if, you are do, if you're at the level where you're not harming trans women, but you're just keeping your shit to yourself, I feel cool with that. And I think there's a level to that, that they can do that. Because I've had trans men who I, don't harm me, but they don't talk about it to their people. So I think I think it's shady to lump them all in that same box. Huh? You mean cis men? Huh? You said trans men. Oh, not trans men. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> DL men um, who play that kind of game, who I think play that game. And I don't, uh, and, and they, it's not harmful. So boycotting them, uh, I, it doesn't work for me. I feel like, um, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it as don't fuck with these toxic ass DL niggas. Cut them off. Don't fuck with them. But then how you go, how you going to say boycott DL men when it's a whole industry of sex workers that exploiting that? Yeah. Like if it wasn't for DL men, um, some of these bitches wouldn't have titties and FFS and pussies. These, some of these (laughs) niggas with privilege are helping girls out. The ones that they specifically like. Because there's there's always a girl that fits a nigga stereotype of what they like, and they. So it's like, it. how do you boycott them if most of the clients are DL? So if we're boycotting them, then it's like my coin is <laughs> out. So bitch, what I'm where I'm supposed to get my coin from? Yeah, I don't know. It just seems weird. It just seems weird. Yeah, go, if I it works for you, go for it. Yeah, I just think when it comes to the labor and teaching them and blah, blah, blah. no y'all figure that out because trans women have to lift yourself out of oppression so y'all need to do the same if you you need to figure out was you need to figure out your own sexuality you need to teach yourself i don't think it's the labor should be on y'all no i agree and you you know what we should do as black if, if you want to teach go ahead but now, if you're not getting paid for <laughs> Now, you know, if you're giving my rate and this is a part of our conversation, you know that I ain't watching the time. <laughs> and this is being accounted for. But Or you can definitely send them to a black therapist. Send them right on over to a therapist so they can work that shit out on themselves. Yes, I agree. I agree yeah. with that. I, I don't know if it's... Um, the problem with men 
is that I think they have a lot of blind spots when it comes to women. So it's hard for me to leave them to their own devices when it's time to organize. When it's time to organize and when it's time to speak to the world, because if we don't train them in what they're supposed to be doing that's helpful to us, since we are the ones being harmed, then they're going to end up stumbling through it like Malik Yoba and saying dumb shit. So if we don't teach and trans, if we don't leave ourselves open to steer them in the right direction that's helpful for us, yeah, then they're going to be stumbling through it, figuring it out. (laughs) And that's not necessarily healthy. That's true. Or effective time management. It's like, no, if I don't feel like giving the labor, then no, I don't fucking feel like it. But, um, but I don't know. Leaving them to their own devices, I'm scared of that. Because then we have, like, the show that will not be named, <laughs> a show of cisgender, trans-attracted men that is just buffoonery. <laughs> you know trans women need to be lifted out of oppression, why don't you pay her? In the same way, pay her to consult you on how to organize and what's the best way to organize. And then, you know... She can help consult you and teach you in that way. Look at me and Brianna. So me and Bri- Brianna posted the um, the no DL nigga mean the boycott DL niggas me. And me and Brianna, Brianna Jackson, if you don't know her, um, the trans law- lawyer extraordinaire, ah. co- co-host of Box Five Twelve. Five Twelve. Box number Five Twelve. Yeah. That number always wore me out. Box number Five Twelve. Um, on that podcast, you know she's the host of that podcast. She posted that, and we had a great discussion under her post about it, about, you know, stealth versus DL. She had some great talking points, and they weren't toxic, and we disagree. But she's a smart, intelligent, amazing, Mary. brilliant girl, and we disagree yes. on some things, but we can talk through yeah, it. I mean, like, y'all healthily disagree. And that's nothing where yeah. it's like, exactly. Yeah, it's just it's, small. That's what, like, healthy conversations look like. When you can uh, agree to disagree with someone without it being toxic and violent. Or you have talking points that are legit because you're well read, because you are, um, you know, you have you have really had thoughtful engagement with this subject matter. There are some people who haven't had thoughtful engagement in subjects that are they're asked to talk about. And so they're just regurgitating concepts that actually don't match the topic, topic that we're talking about. And so for me, in that particular, um, in that particular episode of Grapevine, I just didn't feel that some of those girls had the range. Not all of them. There were some girls that were making good points, but I don't feel they had the range to talk about. So here we are. Spending the time trying to clean up some of the shit that was said on <laughs> on the show. And so it was super, super problematic. And so let me give y'all context of what we're talking about. So the Grapevine had an episode of a panel of all trans women. Mm-hmm. Ashley Akuna and Donovan were kind of like the hosts because they're the producer of of the of the of the grapevine the first thing when the show comes on ashley breathe um 
I've been knowing Ashley for a while. Not personally know her, but I've been seeing her in um, the social media space for a long time. And um, I had to delete her because um, some of the things that she talked about, I, I felt like they were toxic and I just, I didn't feel like seeing it on my timeline. Which one was that? This is the one. So, Ashley the Bree, I don't know who that is. They all look like. She was really. Um, she, she's Afro Latinx. Was she? I'm about to tell you who she is. So at the beginning of the show, Donovan said, hey, you guys, in the same way that you do, Mia, because you do it all the time, too. Hey, you guys. Like, just saying, hey, you guys, as in general. And so Ashley, oh. Ashley, in the beginning of the show, she immediately said, hey, just for this learning moment, a lot of us, not a lot, she didn't say that. She said, some trans women have a problem with you introducing us as, hey, you guys. And she had a brilliant moment of teaching him that's not let's use some more neutral language that because some girls will be offended by that some people will be offended by you calling them guys first of all because we much rather use um gender neutral language or or also because some people in our past or will use what's up how y'all doing bruh how y'all doing bros how y'all doing fellas how y'all doing guys just to, to be funny and asshole or when we were at BTAC, some non-binary people didn't like when we would say, ladies and gentlemen. That, that's, that's a whole different thing, but yes, that, that kind of thing, where they want you to use sibling, da-da-da. Most trans women ain't on that. They want you to be, they don't want to be called guys. <laughs> they, so they don't mind ladies. But then when we think about like Jay from Tingle Queen of Jay, she doesn't want to be called ladies. So what Ashley was doing in an actually brilliant way was telling him, you may get into some trouble in other spaces. And, and she was literally like, oh, I don't want to be that person. But she was putting herself out on the line, which I'm glad that she did, and saying, you might get yourself in trouble in some transgender spaces when you use the word, word hey, guy. Or gendered language. Gendered language. And so, particularly guys, because you're in a room full of women and some people will be offended by that. And so I thought that that was beautiful. It was a beautiful teachable moment that Ashley was given. You see what I'm saying? And, 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 and I thought, and I, I expected no less from Ashley because although me and Ashley have different um, politics on certain things, certain things we're, we're, we agree on. Do you see what I'm saying? And so like, I don't have any like negative like feelings about her. It's just certain things that was being posted on her timeline. I, I couldn't, I got to delete you, darling, because it's not, uh, me seeing it on my timeline will get will trigger me, and I have to get in your comments, and then we. I don't even want to have to do that. Where I can support you from far away, you one of my sisters, but I don't need to see what you post on my timeline. Thanks. And so that's where I was with her. But seeing her do that was a beautiful moment. Right after she corrected him, he called them guys again. Like I'm talking about seconds after she corrected him. <laughs> seconds like i mean soon as the conversation was done like yeah i'm a teachable moment he was like yeah i understand so you guys take it away <laughs> now he corrected himself like oh fuck blah 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 blah, blah. but it's like <laughs> it's so embedded in your culture that you're not taking care of it. so that was also a strange moment i don't think he was intentionally doing it i think it was just a mistake 
But this, what she, even in that moment, it started off like, oh, Lord, <laughs> this is the beginning. What is it about to go into? So they continue to have the conversation. And the parts that went particularly viral were um, when Hope was suggesting and using the language of Hope Giselle was using the language of them, um, cis women being the blueprint. They don't owe us anything. They don't, um, you know, they're the blueprint. You're just all this kind of praising cis women shit. Oh, it's like the... Um, like in, in, a, in a conversation where we're supposed to be calling out the disparities and how people, to me, how people are adding to our disparities. What about uh, to say, Z? Basically trying to prove... Because, you know, people have this narrative that trans women and gay men don't like cis women or hate women, quote-unquote. So she probably felt like, let me emphasize... But I can see why she did that. Because if you looked at the comments... It was a lot of cis women that were offended because they were getting called out and they shit and they don't like to be, they hate that shit because they feel like I'm like, they are, first of all. Just I'm like cis men. When you call yeah. out cis men on a video, they gonna be in the comments. It, when you call motherfuckers out on their oppression, they gonna be uncomfortable. And I'm not here to ruffle your fellas down. And I feel like that's shucking and jiving. And I think girls like Hope shuck and jive for cis women. I just do. I've seen it. She has gotten much better in these times, this time of, um, in these recent years, she has gotten much better with that. But three years ago, Hope was always talking shit about um, sex workers, almost very blaming the girls who are getting murdered for their deaths. But it used to be way worse in my mind. It used to be, her talking points used to be way, way, way worse. It just used to be a different kind of narrative that she used to sell that were very anti-sex worker, very respectability politics, very that very kind of deal. But then for the past maybe two years, very Carmen Carrera, and then my thing about Hope is that when she responds to things, it's very, I said what I said. It's no kind of, when people have a critique of her, it's I said what I said, blah, 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 which is cool. I'm, Cause I'm a, I said what I said, girl. When I, yeah. you know what I'm saying? When I feel like something that I, this is what I agree. But when you, when you put yourself in that position, people are not, people are not going to try to move you. People are not going to try to talk to you about it. People are not going to try to come to you on some respectful well, just let's you, talk about you know, this. You're open to ideas, though. Like, you'll receive feedback. Like, you'll sit there and think about, okay, huh, let me think about it, because I think you're an intelligent person. You'll sit there. You'll oh, say I said what I said, but you still are open to other ideas that may challenge what you thought. Yeah, and I'll move. That's that to me. I think if you bring me more information, or I'm I'm confused about something, or I didn't think about it a certain way, I'll move. But you know, if if you're on the I said what I said, and da 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 da, da and then you you doubling down. I mean, on what you said, then like yo, cool that you stand on your firm. And then for me, once you stand on that soapbox, that protecting. You know, people that harm us soapbox, 
For me, I'm going to let you stand on it. Cool. <laughs> That's what it is. Cool. It's no calling you in. Because a lot of motherfuckers say, well, I don't want to call you out. I don't I want to call you in. It's no calling you in if you're not allowing us to call you in. If every time you are critiqued about your politics, you go on this rant, which is what she did. You go on this rant that was just as problematic as the beginning. And then by the end of the conversation, you actually kind of flip and get to talking about how cis women harm us. And get to talking about how, <laughs> how um, you know, how they should be held accountable, which is really all we're saying. But previously on this big platform, you was giving, you was very giving, cis women don't owe us anything. And cis women don't do, 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 do. No, I think cis women do owe us. This is, this is just what it is. I don't feel like cis women owe us everything. What I feel the cis women owe us is not to add to our harm. That is what I think. If you are out here adding to our harm, if you are out here sitting around, we have a show called Toxic Femininity and Bottom Growth. Go check that out. And how we explain toxic femininity. Toxic femininity just does not exist. What it is, is still toxic patriarchy, still toxic masculinity being held up by women. And so if you are a woman sitting around cis men, <laughs> calling us men and calling us, causing us problems, telling our tea and saying with other cis women too. With other cis women or other men, you are toxic and you are adding to our oppression. And so, to me, you owe us to not do that. Yes. Do you? Uh, you do you want to know something else, mother? Like, I, like there was a young lady, a beautiful young young woman, who was saying there was there were cis women who have asked her for help with their femininity and there were cis women who were upset about that because they feel like they're this epitome of femininity when i've been asked by cis women how do i like i'm not as feminine as you like how do i you know can you give me some I know you've been around other uh, cis women and they ask for tips about skincare. They ask for tips about makeup. They ask for tips about hair and clothing because they see us like they see gay men in a way. They they use gay men for their, their talents and their creativity and to pooch them and to get them together. But when, they're, when their boyfriend or when their husband say they don't want to be around them faggots, don't bring them over. When, that's just uh, yeah. That's just how he is. That's how he is. Uh -huh. so he and they think that shit's cute. Or dating somebody that's homophobic. You saying you're an ally or dating somebody, or if you're bisexual and you're dating somebody homophobic, or if you you know like one of those things. Or um, fuck, what was I about to say? I forgot. We're not calling about, them out. We're talking about the hypocrisy of cis oh, women. Oh, and then you and have. I think cis women that are allies. I think cis women that are called out and are actually invested in trans women's upliftment are going to take that call out and do the work. Because you got people like T with Queen and Jay. Uh, well, you got people like Queen and Jay that will go on their podcast and actively say, "Hey, your boyfriend is attracted to trans women. Relax." or actively are saying, I don't mind dating a cis man that dates trans women. Like Because trans women are women. Right. Like actively do like taking those call outs in our 
taking the point to uplift, to help uplift trans people. Right. Like you have those people and then you have, you know, you're going to deal with that static, but you can't double down. Like you can't hold them up and then to satisfy them or not seem like you're woman bashing because a lot of people think that you have to really have a real conversation about it. Like when it comes up from the get go. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are offended when you have a lot of people take offense when they are or when they are told to take accountability for their actions. Yeah. I'm just I'm just telling you that you owe us <laughs> when you add to our oppression. Nothing else. You ain't gotta do the work for us to dismantle the systems if you don't want to cool. But don't add to don't take your knee off our necks. Whatever you are doing that is causing us harm, that's getting us killed. There has, if you look at the cases of trans women being killed, there is a lot of cases where a, a cis woman was involved. Look at um, Gwen Agujo, is that her name? A, a girl, mm -hmm. I can't remember. But she got killed by four cis niggas and the uh, main black cisgender woman was in the middle. It was all, she has a Lifetime movie and everything, Gwen. A, a, a cis woman was in the middle of it egging certain things on i've been in so, situations where women have done that yes There's, i've been in situations where and i talked about this before where i was at the motherfucking club with some bitches and we had a conversation in the car and i said bitch if, if, if a nigga if a nigga if i'm fucking with a nigga in the club and the nigga's on me or if we at the bar or something you don't spill my tea to this nigga if he asks you you let me do that and these hoes be getting jaded because they be like damn i'm i was born with a pussy How's this nigga that look like this attracted to you all oh, now? Something ain't right. I'm gonna have to whisper in his ear real quick. And then not knowing that you put my life in danger. Because now, because you're a cis woman and he want access to you, he gotta perform this type of masculinity that he thinks that you approve of. And so you I ain't gay. I ain't gay. He gotta put on this extra performative. And sometimes that extra means they gotta fight me. Sometimes that extra means they got to shoot me. Sometimes that extra means I got to go above and beyond to prove that I'm not gay, which can lead to above and beyond killing my motherfucking ass. And so that has happened to me where I had to fight niggas or almost fight niggas because cis, cis women has perpetuated this, you know, this thing. And the, I'm not saying that the fighting is your fault. I'm not saying their response or cisgender men is your fault, but I have been in many situations that cisgender women had added to my harm based on how they navigated around me, based on what they were doing and saying in spaces where I was a part of. It's just, that's just what it is. And, that, and you do owe me. You do owe me to dismantle that shit. You do owe me that. Oh, stop yeah. it. Stop it. All right. So, yeah. So I think we just have to curate our um, panels better. I think we have to get a little bit more when if we are on panels we got to make sure that we know the context of what we're talking about we got to make sure that we are um doing the work in regards to dismantling some of our own um transphobia internalized transphobia and making sure it's clear um that what we are saying is i don't know i just i just feel like sometimes girl be talking out they ass and just you know that's what <laughs> it is <laughs> and they don't they don't have the range and so they'll put them on a platform and they'll just get to regurgitating stuff talking about bug breaking and all that weird stuff 
So no, I think that we have to be, we have to definitely know what we're talking about. And that's the end of my topic. There's a trans woman named CJ Smith, who's currently serving 25 years to life at San Quentin, right outside of San Francisco, San Quentin Men's Prison. Um, she could face 10 more years behind bars after she made a sex abuse complaint. And, you know, it, in a study in 2010 um, published in Justice Quarterly, 59% of trans women in men's lockup facilities had experienced at least one instance of sexual assault. And um, CJ Smith, she's 59. <clears throat> Basically, she came out in 1998 and um, basically said officers allowed multiple men in custody to rape her repeatedly over four consecutive days. And when she tried to come out and talk about it, the police further tried to persecute her, letting opening up her cell, letting people openly come steal from her. Then in 2013, she was attacked from behind, didn't know who actually raped her this time, got PTSD even worse, mental health spiraled down the drain even more, has been in and out of mental institutions um, a lot during her whole sentence basically and um basically the guards were trying to send a message to the trans women who are sexually assaulted in prison do not report sexual violence or safety concerns or you too will be targeted so people are coming our activists are trying to and her lawyers are trying to come out and put this story out there to you know kind of advocate that me too is for trans women too. Like Me Too should have that conversation around trans women. And um, it says Smith's lawsuit partly hinges on the Federal Prison Rape Elimination Act, P-R-E-A, or PREA, a 2003 law to stop sexual assault behind bars. It requires state prisons to house transgender prisoners case by case with either men or women as after asking them where they will feel the safest. It also mandates that prison staff members immediately report and document knowledge or suspicion of sexual harassment or assault. So the lawyers are trying to um, basically sue the prison to say they were in violation of PREA. And yes, and if we don't, we've talked about it on our show before. PREA right. is a, the Prison Rape Elimination Act is an act that was spearheaded by a black trans woman and it started the snowball roll effect to protect all people not just right. trans folks to protect all people women in raped in in prisons by their co's or by people it protects them cisgender women it mm. protects cisgender men mm. when they have been raped in prisons it protects everybody in the prison system and so it was D Farmer, and I actually have an interview coming up. I don't know when I'm going to edit with D Farmer that I will be putting on our show, so we can explain her particular situation. But this is a this this is a situation that has happened that we have protections for, and so you know this just shouldn't be happening. It shouldn't yeah. be happening at all. 
Also, it says here, Smith is at least the sixth transgender or gender nonconforming prisoner to have sued the state or its officials in recent years. Candace Crowder, another trans woman, sued in 2017, alleging that guards isolated her in solitary confinement after she reported being raped. Um, it was settled for an undisclosed sum. Isn't that the trans woman who was getting raped by her security guard or the CEO, whatever the fuck them people are called, that watch you? She was getting raped repeatedly by him and she kept recording and she didn't, she didn't have no evidence. And then um, the motherfucker, sure. the motherfucker slipped up and left the condom, and she she kept that bitch, and it had his semen in it, and she took it to court, I'm not and sure. she won. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, there was a case like that. Yes. This, and then there's a trans man, or uh, yeah, uh, yeah, trans man Isaac Medina, a trans prisoner at Central California Women's Facility, sued the state last year in 2019, claiming that the corrections officers regularly sexually harassed and threatened him. The case is ongoing. So yeah. they're trying to put this into the light because fuck, that shit is so fucked up. Cause I think cause you would think like I always think if I went to prison, because I don't have a sex change, if I went to prison and was in a women's facility, oh I'd be comfortable. You know, women ain't blah blah blah. But the CEOs very much do take advantage of yeah. the women and eight five people in there. Even men. Absolutely. Even men. I've seen like I've I've had conversations with a guy who who watch inmates. I, I don't know what they're called, and excuse me for my ignorance. CO, he, corrections officer. CO. Okay, so he he was a CO, and he talked about how he would get upset and go, and he normalized this like as if it was cool. And he actually was an MMA fighter. He would go into the cell and just beat on a guy mm. when the guy just like, and it would be like if the guy was just like, talking shit or it wouldn't be like something that he did major and he would just wear him out and he thought it was funny and I'm like bro are you serious like you think that's cool mm. like that's not cool and he and he would try to change his language and try to like but people normalize that because they view them as animals they don't view them as humans like but not, was, just, not just that Mia the, the institution of police is a violent institution. So yeah. most people, they attract violent people. They yeah. attract people violence who, who want to come in and be cops. That's why when you look at domestic violence against partners, the rates are higher when we just look at cops. They have more incidents of violence than the regular people in the world. Really? Yeah, so when we talk about cops that, like that, um, that Hulk dude that was raping black women, that was raping 11 or something, 18, something, I can remember the number. But that guy that was raping black women, that was a police officer. And we, and we sure it was more. So they have, and then when we think about people getting shot and killed by cops, they are an institution of violence that a lot of violent people are attracted to. Mm-hmm. So when we talk that that includes correction officer in the prison system because they have a certain level of power. So those violent ass people who coming into these work positions can enact that violence in these positions of power. So you know, I'm, I'm that is totally true. And he was he just one example of how they can um, use their power and be and exploited just because they're. Prisoners. And I'm always like afraid of like going to jail or to prison because like that's been like 
since I was since I was young and I could remember, that's always been a saying to me. Don't drop the soap. If you go to jail, I know you're gonna drop the soap. Or 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 this. Oh, you better not go to jail. You better not go to jail. Cause they gonna get you. Right. And and I've like heard that my my like even while I was young, adults used to tell me that. And yes, it's it's yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and it because it's conditioned into society. Like And then it's kinda like a laughable You see it in movies. Go to drugs, you see it in comedy movies. And I you, dropped the soap. Yeah. And it's almost like and do you like it's mm. it's that's something that needs to be to be broken in society and dismantled. I, I, I don't know what I would do as a tri- like I pray to oh God well, I pray that they don't never get the dog because we, I really fear like I fear that it would it would be over I just would have to fuck with the kingpin but then I'm I keep thinking like bitch <laughs> even when you fuck with because I got a plan in my head and I'm thinking like if I fuck with the kingpin well okay well bitch she probably might pick you kingpin. out to all the niggas and like. But then you could survive in a way. <laughs> I don't know. I just. But when we think about even Laylene Polanco, even she, if I'm not mistaken, she had sexual reassignment surgery and was still put at men's prison. And some people think, hey, if I get sexual reassignment, I'll just go here. It really depends on where you at. Like, yes. It really do. That don't even save you. So you thinking that you get because you have a sex change, you're excluded from everybody. If they look at certain history and depending on where you at, you can still very well be in a situation like lately. So also it says here, a 2015 report by the Justice Department found that 35% of transgender prisoners said they have been sexually assaulted by staff members or other prisoners in the past year. So I'm pretty sure that number has gone up with the visibility because we've been seeing more violence in the streets with more visibility with trans women so when we talk about but when we like so okay so when we we know the ultimate goal is you know abolish prisons and get rid of prisons but i feel like that's far away so how do we come up with better solutions to ensure the safety of trans people in prison like what does that look like? Because, like you said, it's a violent entity in itself. How do we? How do we? How do we? How do we make sure they have rights? Like, how do we ensure they're being treated correctly? I, when I think about that question, I'm, I'm and it just seems so far of reach. And when I think about that question, I think about when people ask us how we're going to turn the planet, like change the planet, and like save the earth. <laughs> Like, I can pick up trash and I can recycle my stuff. I can only do what I can do. And that sounds bad, but, like, if I'm not in a position of power where I can order the fucking Amazon forced to be burnt down and indigenous folks to lose their, their homes, if I don't have that kind of power... To be able to to help people, I feel hopeless in those situations. And but, but like as far as organization, I think we could. I don't even know how to do because the corrections they're so they're so like 
their violence is so protected by people in power that it like to dismantle that i feel like you would have to like being cool i don't know how that would work because we've been trying to we've been trying to dismantle it for years so i honestly don't have a good answer for that question yeah i think we have to be ready no 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 we can't stand steel definitely not yeah okay so what happening what's happening now in all levels of the system of police system of incarceration what's happening is we're trying to get a we're trying to get a hold on them move in the direction of abolition so we can't stand still and say, oh my God, this is too big to work, or we have to be moving forward. Sometimes, and understand in the moving forward, sometimes we're gonna make bad bad ideas come to fruition and make mistakes. Sometimes that some things are not gonna be work just as well. Some things are gonna be great and work well. Some things are gonna be good. Some things are gonna be bad. This is just what it is. This is a part of the process of a creating a system that is actually useful. The system that we have now is not useful. We know that it's not useful. We have stats and everything that know that it's not useful. So how can we make a system that's better? We're going to have to do and try things to see what's working, to see what's um, more effective. And once we do that, adjust. Like, okay, this works. Keep that. Let's do something else. If it doesn't work, adjust. Keep that. What did work? And we got to keep going in that direction. That's what we're talking about when we talk about defund the police, when we're talking about defund the prison system, get money out of prisons, abolish them, minimize them, let motherfuckers out that are nonviolent, let them out. <laughs> because actually them being in there can make them violent or make them worse or whatever. Do what we need to do to um, dismantle the system and going in that direction. I think that that's what is a conversation that we all need to be having on how are we, what steps are you taking in your local area? What steps are you taking in the federal level? What steps are our politicians taking? How are they making this move to abolition and move to defunding? How, how are they, what steps are they taking to do that? Mm, yeah. yeah. I agree. So, all right, I think we have a show. Um, if anybody has information, because I was trying to look up CJ Smith's information to maybe get get the information where you could maybe send her money, or it was hard to find. So if anybody got the information, kindly let me know or at Marsha's Play or inbox us. Mm -hmm. So we can help yeah. it in some kind of way. Um, I also wanted to like take the time to think like all the allies and just people who have been generous during the pandemic who have like gave us a coin, even if it was for nothing or even if it was for a participation in something, you are so appreciated um, because it helped me in so many ways. Um, yeah. I, as a sex worker, and I also work for, I also have a job also, so let's make that clear. But as, as a sex worker, um, I get a lot, a lot of my funds were cut short and I had to rely on other methods to survive. So um, every, everything that everybody's been doing to help contribute to my survival in this world, um, as a black trans woman, I'm very appreciative. Yeah. Uh, and 
it, it, to add to that, me personally, I don't, I, I have a job, but it's not a job that I go to now. My job is Marcia's play. <laughs> My job is executive director of Black Trans Women's Inc. And those things together, where I am at in my life, I am doing the work that I love for the pay. Previously, I was doing whack ass shit that I didn't like to do. Well, I don't say I didn't like to. I just it just wasn't it was wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't fulfilling. It's just the basic ass shit. And so now I'm literally doing the work that I want to do, like shit that I've been doing for years and getting paid for it, creating programming and you know, and, and like this is amazing. So COVID has been amazing in the sense that I haven't lost a job because of COVID. I really had to re-up like creating COVID relief for trans folks. And, you know, I really had my job continue, my work continue because this is only COVID just made disparities <laughs> more um, acute. So this is where we have to step in and do what we need to do. And so I do appreciate people who support March's Plate and people who support, um, you know, all the other ventures and avenues that um, I have. It really has put me, it really has put me in a position where I'm really grateful that, that I do the work that I do because this is when I can shine and really this shit has really put me in a whole different bracket of people I'm in contact with, a whole different bracket of, I thought that I was not too black. Um, I, some opportunities were not coming to me because my politics were too fucking pro-black. But because of what has happened with COVID, I don't have to kiss white motherfuckers ass or white motherfuckers politics. And this COVID shit has let people say, you know what, you're right. And so it has opened up doors that I'm not usually in because my politics was too left and I wasn't, oh, oh, massa. <laughs> Let it's me so annoying that that's called left, though. Damn. Yeah. Like, why like, can't it just be me fighting for black lives and trans lives? Like, yeah, exactly. I, you know, I just, I, there was a lot of times where there was opportunities I was not getting because people were not focused on blackness. They were focused on transness in general but now that because of this heightened sense of we gotta really center black folks look at marcia's play in the past two months <laughs> just the, the numbers that we have been having and people coming and inquiring about what has happened i don't think if that shit happened shit hadn't happened with george floyd that we would have got a feature on spot spotify I think mm -hmm. because they was really centering black voices, that's yeah. why we were there. And so just the growth that has happened, um, you know, and the growth in people supporting, the growth in people, because a lot of, if we think about for a year ago, we were in the same kind of spot in regards to the finances that um, Marcia Plate was getting to do the work that we do. We were in that same kind of level of spot for a long little period of time. It wasn't until recently that, you know, a lot of people have seen us and they're supporting, like, let, let us sew into this work. So we absolutely appreciate y'all um, and what we do. And, you know, just seeing that, you know, just even with y'all, like just seeing the amount that y'all were have able, been able to save up for what y'all wanted to do 
or not even yeah. use it, not even use it for certain things. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all really have um, put us in a situation in a situation where we are um, able to do, do more work freely and not and not really and really be thriving and not really just doing shit to survive. Y'all have put us in a more comfortable position, and we appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. So we will see y'all next week. <laughs> all right, y'all. Right, check out all the links in the bottom. We will put the links to everything we talked about um, in the show notes. And we'll see y'all. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye y'all. Bye y'all. <laughs> well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's plate. You can listen to us on iTunes. And SoundCloud, make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's going to be all right.